Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome, baseball fan. You found it. The Throwback League. This is Josh Lewin, and here's what we do here. The American League and National League pennant winners from 1974 to 2005 square off in a March Madness-style round of 48. The game results are simulated by the What If Sports algorithm. They have an amazing website. You can go down quite the rabbit hole simulating games of any sport on your own, by the way. But for our purposes, we're simulating this best-of-the-best, winner-take-all, lose-and-go-home competition. And we do a really nice deep dive on every team. So bring your scuba gear here. This is going to be like opening an old pack of baseball cards every week. Names you haven't thought of in forever. From Joaquin Andujar to Todd Zeal, alphabetically, I suppose. But the cool thing is, we're going to bring these baseball cards to life. 40, maybe 50 minutes of your time each week. We'll give you the starting lineups. We'll meet the pitchers. We'll have a little pregame analysis, usually from John Miller, the longtime voice of Sunday Night Baseball. We'll throw a few other guests in there. Then we'll broadcast the entire first inning and the most exciting moments from the other innings. And we'll chat with a player from one of those teams along the way. New games drop every Monday until mid-January of 2021. And if we all love this, we'll start up Season 2 in February of 2021. Then do Seasons 3, 4, and 5 until we all decide the podcasts suck and we don't like them anymore. But as you know for now, this is what all the cool kids are doing. They're downloading podcasts, so subscribe, tell your friends, you know the drill. And uh, by the way, the league website is up and running, so you can track the progress of the tournament the throwbackleague.com, so you can view the brackets, check the box scores, and interact with this growing community. Okay, today's game, game one of 48 here in season one. It is a seven seed against a 10 seed, the 1974 Oakland A's hosting the 1992 Atlanta Braves. You may recall the real 92 Braves took the Toronto Blue Jays to six games before losing the Fall Classic. Much more on them in a bit, but we're going to concentrate at first on those swinging A's. Ray Fossey, the catcher on that A's team, will be along later in the broadcast. But John Miller, for now, can you tell us what you remember about those colorful, controversial A's, the team of your East Bay youth? The, the 74 A's were a team that had just won consecutive World Series, and they had virtually the same team coming back again. This was just uh, before everything changed in baseball, just before the players began having arbitration and uh, also just before they could play out their contract and become free agents. So it was really not just the end of an era for them, but in the game itself. And uh, in fact, before that season started, 
the first wave of arbitration settlements came in. Uh, Reggie Jackson more than doubled his salary, and everybody was uh, wailing and gnashing their teeth uh, on the management side, saying this is going to be the death of baseball, especially Charlie Finley, the uh, the very uh, cheap and uh, skinflint sort of owner of the A's who believed that all of the money generated in baseball should go to him. So uh, uh, he was also very big into the idea that the players belonged to him. So, And he'd had a couple of terrible, uh, notorious uh, battles with star players because they wanted more money. R- uh, Reggie Jackson, who hit, uh, what, 47 home runs in 1969, the first half of the season, was way ahead of Roger Maris and Babe Ruth's pace. And uh, so he wanted a nice raise the next year, and Charlie refused. And he, the only thing you could do in those days, there was no free agency, was hold out and threaten to withhold your services. Uh, later on, Vita Blue had had this incredible rookie season, uh, and he was the talk of baseball. He was selling out ballparks all across the American League, and, and including much bigger crowds in Oakland, where they had a hard time getting a crowd. And, uh, and so... Uh, Charlie Finley decided to uh, uh, teach Vita Blue a lesson and, and really kind of almost descri- destroyed the, uh, the, the exuberant spirit of Vita Blue, who not only was a great young pitcher with a great arm, but a very refreshing, uh, youthful, joyful sort of attitude about the game, always with a big smile. John, thanks. And yeah, there was 1974 athletics. That was the last year of the Charlie Finley fascinating three-year dynasty, a dynasty that drew on average... About only a million fans a season, by the way, with the franchise having relocated in 1968 from Kansas City. Finley, the guy who's been paying his players to grow mustaches and mutton chops and Fu Manchus, they'll be on display at the cavernous Oakland Coliseum today. The A's play in this game in their Kelly Green pants, their Fort Knox gold jersey tops. The stirrups, of course, go all the way up the leg. Their other home jerseys are what Mr. Finley refers to as wedding gown white, by the way, but they're breaking out the green and gold here today. Finley always referred to the other team's uniforms as prison gray, so I guess that's what Bobby Cox's team is wearing here. They've got that fabulous pitching staff with the youngsters Steve Avery and Tom Glavin, the latter of whom will be on the mound for this one. And before you say, wait a minute, why not Greg Maddox here? Well, he was a Cub in 1992. His first year in Atlanta wasn't until 93, so there. So it's Glavin against Cy Young winner Catfish Hunter. Let's meet the 92 Braves, fresh off the worst-to-first turnaround of 91. And yes, they won the NL West as well in 92. Leading off in left field, the speedy Otis Nixon, one of four switch hitters in the lineup for Bobby Cox today. The right fielder, the slugging lefty David Justice. The DH is Deion Sanders, who got 300 at-bats in the regular season. He also had 40 kick returns for the NFL Atlanta Falcons this year, led the league in return yards. Third baseman, Terry Pendleton, is a cleanup man. Only 300 hitter on the team, the only Brave with more than 80 runs batted in. Jeff Blauser, the shortstop. Sid Bream at first. Center fielder is Ron Gant, batting seventh. Damon Berryhill, the catcher. He split time with Greg Olson. Mark Lemke at second base, batting ninth. And yes, you may have noticed we snuck in some Sir Mix-a-Lot here. This, believe it or not, was one of the hit songs of the summer of 92. You might have enjoyed it after you sat down to watch season two of Seinfeld or the ever-popular Cosby show in its final year 
Yeah, Lisa Bonet heading off to college in the spinoff series. Different World was getting ready. Or, if you weren't a fan of those big, stupid, colorful sweaters, maybe you were a fan of the big, stupid Billy Ray Cyrus and achy, breaky heart. But uh, we're not going to play that for you. We're going to go instead to the 74 Athletics, and it being 1974, we'll roll out some BTO while you get in your GTO and cruise around. Maybe head to, uh, to the drive-in. O.J. Simpson in the Towering Inferno. Blazing Saddles, if you like Mel Brooks. You can take the William J. Lepetamine Thruway, in fact, if you remember to bring enough dimes. Anyway, leading off for manager Alvin Dark, who took over for Dick Williams this year and led the A's to 90 wins. Billy North in left field, batting first. He stole 54 bases this year. Gene Tennis at first base. Reggie Jackson in center field, 29 home runs, also 25 stolen bases for the 74 A's. Joe Rudy is in right. Sal Bando at third. Couple guys who hit 22 home runs apiece, batting fourth and fifth. Campy Campaneris is the shortstop hitting sixth. Angel Mangual is the DH batting seventh. Ray Fossey, the catcher, hits eighth. And Dick Green, light hitting second baseman, batting number nine. So we're just about set to play ball here in Oakland to the 74 A's hosting the 92 Braves. A typically chilly afternoon here at the Coliseum. A circular cement stadium with a view of the Oakland Hills off in the distance. Temperature 55 degrees at game time. We've got a brisk wind blowing left to right. 330 down both lines, 362 to the power alleys, 400 to dead center. In this symmetrical ballpark, the doubles as the home of the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders this season, also a juggernaut. 12-2 for John Madden, upset by the Steelers in the AFC title game after winning the Sea of Hands game against Miami. High times in Oakland right now. Uh, well, in general, there are high times. It is 1974, but uh, the Golden State Warriors right across the parking lot of the Jewel Box. They're on their way to an NBA title. They'll beat the Washington Bullets, being led by Rick Barry and Jamal Wilkes. Even the California Golden Seals are operating now. The newest National Hockey League entry is at least trying to keep up here in the Bay Area. Although with the A's at 90 wins, the Raiders 12-2, and the Warriors an NBA champion, uh, 13, 55, and 10 isn't much of a record, I guess. But Yvonne Boldarev centers her best line. Uh, the Seals don't have the staying power like the other Oakland teams. All right, let's play some ball here. Otis Nixon standing in. And a heck of a year to be named Nixon, by the way. Our country just impeached a guy with that last name this past August. No relation. This Nixon, a wiry switch hitter. We mentioned there are four switch hitters in this lineup. And he's batting left against the mustached righty Jim Catfish Hunter. So Nixon's got that quicker out-of-the-box opportunity if he makes some contact here batting left. And the first pitch from Catfish is outside. Ball one, outfield in a bit. And Bando off the line at third, playing in, guarding against the bunt. 18 bunt singles for Nixon this past year. Next pitch, a fastball. It's low for ball two. Hunter not usually behind in many counts. 41 starts this year, only 46 walks, but also only 143 strikeouts and 318 innings of work, so he gets to put the ball in play. Hunter to the motion there is a strike with a fastball right down the middle of the plate, with Bando still in at third, tennis pinching in from first. Nixon from Evergreen, North Carolina, ended his big league career with 620 stolen bases, most by a player who was never an all-star. Here's a 2-1 coming. Nixon bunting. Bando from third racing in. He watches to see if it'll bend a foul. It curves. It curls. It hugs the line. It stays right on the chalk. It's an 85-foot bunt single. Never did get to the bag at third. And the speedy Otis Nixon stands at first base now. 
leading off for the 92 Braves. So nothing Sal Bando could do. That ball wiggled right up the line. The only chance for Oakland was a pebble or some wind to knock it foul. It didn't happen. Mention the wind is blowing left to right here. So it's Nixon on, and with his 41 steals this year, his brother Donnell once stole 135 in a minor league season, by the way. But here's the big lefty, David Justice, who will wind up his career in Oakland many years from now, getting featured in the book and movie Moneyball. There's a throw to first, Nixon back. But for now, Justice, pre-Indians, pre-Yankees, pre-A's, he's emerging as a powerful part of this young Atlanta team. Justice, an upright stance, sometimes tomahawks that swing like the tomahawk he wears across his chest. Wearing the number 23 on his back, he takes here. It's a ball up high from Jim Hunter. And yeah, Hunter to his family is Jim, but to these A's fans, he is Catfish, a nickname chosen for him personally by the owner. Another throw to first, and Nixon scrambling back. When the bidding rights to Hunter came open, Charlie Finley famously said, you need a nickname, son, and the name Jim Hunter does nothing for anyone. So the story's going to be that one day, when you were six years old, you ran away from home to fish, and by the time your parents got to you, you had caught two catfish, you were just about to bring in a third. You got that? Repeat it to me. That, that's how it all came down. Another throw to first to Nixon back. David Justice... Owner of 14 postseason home runs. In the 1992 World Series, he took Jack Morris deep. Pitch on the way, fouled straight back. Good cut at a fastball by Justice, one and one. But back to Charlie Finley real quick. If, if you didn't know, he was the original outside-the-box baseball thinker. Harvey the Mechanical Rabbit, Orange Baseballs, the three-ball walk, all of that at least being uh, put into the universe by Charlie Finley. Here's a 1-1, Hunter to Justice, taken for a strike at the knees, nicely framed by Fossey. Hunter's got some good life on that fastball early here. No score, just underway. Nixon pacing that leadoff at first again. Hunter not an easy guy to run against, of course. Fossey has that great arm. 1-2 on the way to Justice now. Swing and a miss at a good tailing fastball. First out of the day here in Oakland. We mentioned Hunter's more of a pitch-to-contact guy than anything else, but it's strike three to put away Justice. It brings up Deion Sanders. And the first pitch to him, a strike right down the chute. Speed at the plate, speed on base as well, of course. A neon Dion with 33 steals in the regular season. He's been running back interceptions and kickoff returns for the Falcons this year. Helicoptering back and forth from stadium to stadium on occasion, drawing the ire of some. Sanders batting left, digging in with that huge gold chain for his neck. Hunter checking it first. Now delivers, Nixon runs. Pitch taken low, and the throw down from Fossey is not in time. Otis Nixon in under the tag of Dick Green, covering it second. Nixon with dirt all over the front of that uniform, having gone in ahead first. He'll call time. And the 92 Braves have a runner in scoring position virtually right away for Deion Sanders and Pendleton on deck. Ball and a strike, the count to the man called prime time. Nixon good secondary lead off of second base. Hunter sneaks him a look now, winds and deals. Swing, high drive, deep left center field. Going back on it, Reggie Jackson going back Billy North. This ball's gone. Home run, Deion Sanders, with power the other way. 
And just like that, the 92 Braves lead it here in Oakland 2-0. Hunter left a fastball thigh-high to Sanders. Oh, and Sanders taking his time. He is strolling around these bases with a little wiggle to him. Somewhere MC Hammer is nodding in appreciation. You might know that story. Here in the 1970s, Hammer, then known as little Stanley Burrell, was a teenage clubhouse assistant for the A's and Charlie Finley. He'd appreciate these style points from Sanders. He's made it 2-0 with a home run to left center. And here is Pendleton now. Pendleton taking low ball one. And back to Deion Sanders. You know, 22 NFL touchdowns. He never did have one against the Raiders. Never scored in this facility in football. He has touched home plate, though, now. And not a guy who hits a lot of home runs, but he's banged one out here. Want to know the count to Pendleton, 311 hitter. Swing at a high fly ball up into that bright Oakland sunshine towards center. Jackson settles under it. He's got it. It can be a tough sky in Oakland sometimes, but the man who calls himself Mr. B&B, &B, Mr. Bread and Butter, Reggie Jackson makes that play. Boy, how'd you like to have a swagger derby between Reggie Jackson and Deion Sanders? Two down, it's 2-0 Atlanta, and here's a right-hand hitting Jeff Blauser. Blauser, the shortstop, hit 262 this year, 14 home runs. He takes a strike at the knees, it's nothing in one. Catfish Hunter on the mound, once had a perfect game against the Minnesota Twins. Five-time World Series champion, eight-time All-Star. And with two out, the 0-1 to Blauser. Big swing, but he gets under it. He sends it way up in the air towards center again. Jackson in, Jackson under it. Casual catch from Reggie with his sunglasses down. And the inning comes to an end. But not before the 92 Braves grab the lead. Deion Sanders, a two-run home run. It's Atlanta 2, Oakland coming up. Back in Oakland, a home to Jack London Square. Jack London once wrote, I would rather be ashes than dust. I would rather that my spark burn out in a brilliant blaze than should it be stifled by dry rot. I would rather be a superb meteor than a sleepy and permanent plant. Sounds a little like the man who hit the home run in the top of the inning for Atlanta. Deion Sanders has a 92 Braves on top 2-0. Here's Bill North about to lead off for the 74A as he does so against the 26-year-old Tom Glavin. The former hockey star, drafted in fact by the L.A. Kings, and he winds and brings the first one home, strike one, called by Nestor Chilak to Billy North. North hit 260 this year. It is tough to hit for a high batting average if you play in Oakland. They have these acres of foul territory in this home ballpark. Here's the pitch on the way, and it's taken down low. So it's one ball, one strike. If you have 180 hits in a season for the A's, that's the rough equivalent of a 200-hit season somewhere else. Their last batting champion was Ferris Fain in 1952 for the Philadelphia A's. 1-1 to North coming, chopped on the ground towards second base. Easy play for Lemke, ranging a little bit to his left, throws to first, and he's got him, one away. That'll bring up Gene Tennis, 2-11 hitter, but with 26 home runs. His given name, Fiore Gino Tenacci. But he goes by Gene Tennis, and he takes a strike right down the chute. Gene Tennis started out as a catcher. He's now playing first base with Ray Fossey healthy again. We'll hear from Fossey in just a little bit coming up in this battle between the 74 A's and 92 Braves. 
One one pitch is taken low. Two balls, one strike. Tom Glavin, a 305 game winner in a Hall of Fame career. And at this point in his career, very much like Catfish Hunter, a pitch to contact guy. Only 129 strikeouts this season in 225 innings for Glavin. Now the 2 1 to tennis. Big swing and a high fly ball deep in a right field. This ball going and this ball gone. Gene Tennis has cut it to 2 to 1. A tennis is a guy that gets things done when it matters. You might remember the World Series against the Reds in 72. He homered in his first two World Series at bats. He had had five home runs all season. And he drills one here. He has cut it to two to one to bring up Reggie Jackson, the guy that also can hit him out. And Reggie takes right down the middle, strike one. Reginald Martinez Jackson, still not known as Mr. October quite yet, but that's coming. A 21-year Major League career and 10 times his teams have finished first. 0-1 pitch, big swing and a foul straight back. It's nothing in two. Reggie does have the 29 home runs this year, but he is prone to the strikeout. That's always been the case. Only eight American League players with 100 strikeouts in 1974, by the way. Forty years later, as you might know, there were a lot of American League players who had that total by the middle of July. 0-2 pitch, swing, and a miss, and a slider in the dirt, strike three. So Reggie Jackson now the second out of the inning. And Joe Rudy to the plate. Rudy, a right-hand batter with great big sideburns, originally from Modesto, California, not too far from Oakland here. And he takes on the outside corner, strike one called. Two to one, the 92 Braves leading as Sanders and Tennis have traded home runs here in the first. Tom Glavin, who had a league-best five shutouts this year, will not get one here today. Next pitch swing is dribbled foul of the first baseline. Sid Bream just turns, watches it keep on going. 0-2 the count to Rudy, who batted a career-high 309 in 1970. And he wasn't far off that this year at 293. Guy that plays all three outfield positions very well. And known for the occasional postseason clutch hit, because that's Mike Marshall about that in the 74 World Series. Two-strike pitch. Swing and a miss. Got him with that slider. And the inning comes to an end. So a couple strikeouts for Glavin, but the home run by Gene Tennis to cut it to two to one. Gene Tennis at first because Ray Fossey's now catching again. And we caught up with Ray Fossey, big part of the mid-70s Oakland A's, and asked him his memories of this 1974 team. The first thing that comes to my mind that I was actually able to play because I had broken up a fight during that season. And there was a question mark of whether I was even going to play. And um, as it turns out, I did, fortunately. And I know in Los Angeles, when we started the World Series against the Dodgers, we won the first game. And the second game, we lost. And, of course, everybody going back to Oakland, it was a matter of what's going to happen there after splitting the two games in Los Angeles. We won the first two games at Oakland, and the late Charlie Finley had a meeting in the clubhouse prior to game five. Charlie Pride the uh, great singer was there to sing the national anthem. And as Charlie and Frank Sinchek 
equipment manager called the meeting. Everybody was supposed to leave, but Charlie Finley said, you can stay, Charlie. So Charlie Pride stayed there and listened to Charlie Finley say, after winning tonight, we're going to have a parade in downtown Oakland tomorrow. So it was it was a matter of everybody thought that we were going to win. And let's not forget that was the last year that Catfish Hunter was with the Athletics before he became a free agent at the end of that season and signed with the New York Yankees. So to win the World Series, the third consecutive World Series, and to beat the Dodgers in five games, culminating in the fifth game, the final game at the Coliseum. And, of course, the biggest play there was the late Billy Buckner hitting a ball to right center. I remember asking Reggie Jackson, I said, of all your great memories of your career, what stands out? And he said, in 1974, game five of the World Series, when I picked up a ball that had gotten past Billy North, I threw to where I knew Dick Green was going to be. Dick Green turned and made a perfect strike to Sal Bando at third to get Billy Buckner leading off the inning. So he was thrown out at third. So here's Mr. October, great home run hitter, talked about a defensive play. But I think the most memorable part was winning that World Series and for me personally having won in 1973, my first World Series, and to back it up in 1974 to win it again. But I think especially since I was injured, I had a cervical fusion, actually a cervical injury, uh, six five vertebrae in my neck was shattered, and Dr. Charles Wilson operated on me. I was back playing again. And so for me to be able to play in the division or the league championship series at the time, five games, then to play in the World Series, to me that was the thing that stood out more than anything about the 1974 season and the World Series. All right, thanks so much to Ray Fossey. Great stuff. You know, the number of all-star catchers born in the year 1947 is amazing. That's when Ray was born. Thurman Munson, Johnny Bench, Carlton Fisk, Bob Boone, all born within 10 months of each other. I, I think that's crazy. Hey, you didn't think we'd go all this way and not have a sponsor, right? We're going to have more at some point, I'm sure because everybody's digging this thing. But Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, welcome aboard, guys. Since 1963, which predates this entire tournament, the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf has been bringing you the finest coffees and teas from all around the world. Responsibly sourced ingredients, handcrafted coffees and teas, the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf is an experience truly like no other. And now available for a limited time, you can try their new Dolce de Leche Latte, or world-famous ice blended. And if you're in Atlanta, by the way, some of you have a rooting interest here today, listening to your 92 Braves. Next time you're at Hartsfield International, Terminals A, D, and that wacky T set of gates. Uh, they've all got coffee bean and tea leaves right there. So, back to the action now. We move ahead to further action. And get used to this. We need to condense a two-and-a-half-hour ball game in a 45 minutes or so. So we'll do the old Notre Dame football highlights thing. Due to time constraints, we move ahead to further action. The second inning didn't really bring anything of note. In the top of the third, though, more Deion Sanders making it 3-1 to one after Mark Lemke popped out near third. You've got a little Otis Nixon dribbler. He beats it out. Second infield single of the game. Steals second base. David Justice flies out to Rudy and right, but then Deion Sanders punches a single down in front of Rudy. Makes it 3-1 to one Atlanta. And no more scoring till the bottom of the sixth inning. Pretty weird that it would be Dick Green that hits the home run to bring them back to 3-2. to two. Yeah, Dick Green got around on a Tom Glavin fastball, a guy that hit only two home runs all year, hit 213 for the season. Light hitting number nine man 
Hits one out, makes it 3-2 to two at that point. And the A's threatened a little bit from there. Billy North with a single, then was caught stealing by Damon Berryhill. Gene Tennis is single in the left center, but Reggie Jackson struck out. Joe Rudy flied out to Ron Gant. So it stayed 3-2 to two after 6. The 92 Braves on top. And they would pad that lead. They'd get one in the top of the 7th after Bream fouled out and Gant grounded out. Damon Berryhill singling to center. Mark Lemke followed he ripped one in a right center field off Catfish Hunter. And then Otis Nixon again. This one to deep short. Really no chance at all for Jeff Blauser to make a play. It goes as an infield RBI single. His third infield hit of the game. And you've got a Dave Justice deep fly ball after that, but did not get past the warning track. So it stays 4-2 to Atlanta at the stretch. All the big action would come in the bottom of the eighth. So let's crank it up and pick it up from there. Dick Green at the plate, and Tom Glavin still on the mound. Dick Green, a right-hand batter, chokes up a good two inches on the bat. Guy that was born in Sioux City, Iowa, raised in Yankton and Mitchell, South Dakota, though. He takes a strike right at the knees. It is nothing and one. Top of the order on deck, that's Billy North. And if Green happens to get on, pitch to him here is low. It's one and one. You know, you'd have to think there's a possibility of seeing Herb Washington, the designated runner, designated pinch runner that Charlie Finley went and got. Next delivery is high. The count two and one. Well, we've talked about how you've got a very outside-the-box thinking owner in Charlie Finley. Frugal. No question about that. I'll tell you the story about Mike Hegan in a moment. As the pitch sails in there for a strike, it's two and two. Mike Hegan made the mistake of telling Finley when he played for him that he wanted to be an announcer someday. So before a game in 1972, when one of the A's announcers got sick, Finley instructed Hegan just to change out of his uniform into his dress clothes. Pitch is high. It's three balls, two strikes. And the plan was to help announce the first four innings and just get back in uniform in the fifth, be ready to, to pinch it during the game. That was Charlie Finley. Glavin ready. Green again choking up on the bat. Pitch to him. Little poke shot in the right field. It's dropping. It is down. It's a base hit to lead off the bottom of the eighth. Justice flings it back in. But there's Dick Green. A little bit of a piece of sand in the bathing suit of Tom Glavin here. Been a bit of a pest. And now Billy North top of the order. No sign of Herb Washington here. And Billy North, who would have had the, uh, the stolen base title last year, but he tripped over first base in early September, missed the, the next three weeks, which allowed Tommy Harper to catch him and pass him by one. Pitched to him, fouled right back to the net. It's nothing in one. North with a single earlier today was caught stealing. Formerly of the Cubs, originally from up in Seattle. Same as a Cubs legend, Ron Santo. Wind in the pitch coming from Glavin. Fastball line drive. Caught at third base. Wow. What a shot. But Terry Pendleton right at the line, able to gobble it up. So there's a first out here in the bottom of the eighth inning. Still 4-2, to two, 92 Braves on top. And up comes Gene Tennis. Tennis, anyone? Yeah, here he is, already having homered in this game. One on, one out. And the pitch on the way from Glavin. It's high. Ball one.
League leading five shutouts for Glavin this year. Obviously, this will not add to that total. 20 wins, 8 losses. ERA of about 2 and 3 quarters. Here's the 1-0 pitch coming. Swing, high drive. This ball's got a shot. Gene Tennis has already homered once. He has done it again to left field a home run. The Oakland A's have tied it up. That ball barely out. Maybe skim the wall. The very top of it. But Gene Tennis, another two-home run game. He is clutch. We told you earlier in the World Series against the Reds in 72, homered in his first two World Series at-bats. Well, make this one two out of four. As he's now driven in three runs on two home runs. Four-four game. And that's going to be it for Tom Glavin. He is at 120 pitches. And we'll have a pitching change here. It looks like... Mike Stanton, who's going to get the call in what is now a 4-4 ball game. And Stanton, the lefty, being summoned here. He's starting to warm up right now. 13th round pick of the Braves in 1989. 4.10 ERA this year for Bobby Cox. Five wins, four losses, 26 walks in 45 innings of concern. The guy is going to go on to pitch nearly 1,200 major league games. Red Sox, Rangers, Yankees, Mets, Nats, Giants, and Reds. And he's going to get Reggie Jackson here. I mean, this is kind of baptism by Inferno. Reggie has struck out twice already, but obviously a chance to follow up here with that big bat. He's got a 29 home run season going. And we are ready. First pitch from Stanton is high. It's ball one. Reggie, the MVP in 73, he finished fourth here in 74 behind two of his teammates. The two men on deck and in the hole now, Rudy and Bando. 1-0 pitch, it's high. 2-0, maybe a little bit too amped up here. Stanton coming on in a big spot. The winner of the 74 MVP was the Texas Rangers' Jeff Burroughs with 25 home runs, 301 batting average. Here's a 2-0 pitch, it's low. Three balls, no strikes. You know, Jackson's batting average within 12 points of Burroughs. He had four more home runs. Things that make you go, hmm, he did not win that uh, MVP award. Here's a 3-0 from Stanton. That's outside, ball four. So Reggie draws the walk. And the go-ahead man is on for Joe Rudy. Rudy had a great year in 1970. Led the American League with 181 hits. And the first pitch to him is bounced on the ground towards first base. Shuttled on to second base for one. That's all they're going to get. So it's going to be Rudy replacing Jackson now, running at first base. He went after a first pitch fastball and just kind of topped it towards Sid Bream. Three to six in your scorebook. One on and one out. Or check that, one on, two out now. And the game's still tied 4-4. Chance for Sal Bando. And he takes on the outside corner, strike one. Four-time All-Star, one-time College World Series MVP as well as Bando. He does a little thing so well. Led the majors and sack flies here in this 1974 season with 13. He had 15 more walks and strikeouts. Bert Campanaris on deck. Now the pitch. Line shot, left center, base hit. 
beyond Lowther. And Ronnie Gant will get it back in. Nixon was right there with him. It's going to be two on now. Two out, bottom of the eighth, 4-4 four, four tie. And here is Bert Campanaris. Campanaris, a temperamental sort. No time for him to get outside of his uh, emotional comfort zone here. With the game on the line, two on, two out. Stanton, the lefty, is ready. And the pitch to little campy Campanaris. And hugs the outside corner, strike one. Now, Campanaris in uh, game two of the 72 ALCS against the Tigers. Had a pitch hit him in the ankle. Campanaris threw his bat at the pitcher. Bench is cleared. Billy Martin went after Campanaris. Next pitch in the dirt. One ball, one strike. Campanaris was fined. He was suspended for the rest of that ALCS and the first seven games the following season, but he was able to play in the World Series win over the Reds. Two on, two out. Rudy and Bando are the base runners. Stanton coming set. And now the pitch. That is a little bloop in a shallow left field. It's dropping. It's down. It's a base hit. Here comes Rudy. He is going to score as the throw is cut off. It is 5-4 open in the bottom of the eighth inning. Boy, not a real lot of octane coming off the bat with Campanaris. Kind of fisted that ball in the shallow left center field, but Rudy, great base running, saw it was going to drop. Bando only able to get to second, so it's still two on, two out. And it's a 5-4 Oakland lead. Boy, huge hit for Campy Campanaris. Brings up Angel Manguam. And he takes one right at the knees for a strike. Nothing in one. Manguam, the native Puerto Rican, broke in with the Pirates. Learning from the late, great Roberto Clemente. Next one from Stanton. That's low. One and one. 5-4 Oakland now in the bottom of the eighth. Runners have their leads from first and second. Mangual, 5'10", 178. Not much bigger than Campanaris, the brother of Pepe Mangual, the cousin of Coco Leboy. Here's the 1-1 coming. Swing, line shot, left field, another base hit. Here comes the throw from Nixon. It is not in time. Bando scores, sliding in ahead of that throw. 6-4, Oakland in the bottom of the eighth inning. Boy, the A's are getting big hits. Not from Reggie Jackson, no. They're, I mean, they've got the two home runs from tennis. And it's the bottom of the order now. Campy Campanaris, Angel Mangual is only 19 years old. And here comes Claudel Washington, by the way. He's going to pinch run for Mangual. Dick Green, of course, bottom of the order. Two hits and a home run. Two on, two out, and it brings up Fossey, trying to add to the lead. The pitch to him. Swing, high drive, left field. This one's got a shot. Nixon going back. He's at the wall. He makes the catch. Oh, man, Ray Fossey almost hit a three-run home run. Would have made it 9-4. to four. But Nixon, with his back right up against the wall, pulls it in. The A's will settle for a four-run bottom of the eighth. They chase Glavin. And then Hammer Stanton. It is a 6-4 lead for the 74 A's as we go to the top of the ninth. And a quick reminder, we've got more action coming up next week. The next podcast will drop next Monday. It'll be an 11 seed, the 77 Dodgers, 
Taking on the sixth seed, the 96 Yankees. Jeter, Boggs, Strawberry, O'Neill against Dusty Baker and Reggie Smith. Andy Pettit and Tommy John scheduled to be on the mound. So join us next week for game two of this 48-game tournament. The Throwback League, which we hope you're enjoying. We get to the top of the ninth now. And due to time constraints, we move ahead to further action once again. Otis Nixon has singled. Dave Justice now walks with two out. So in a 6-4 game, we get a pitching change. Finally, Catfish Hunter went deep here. Went about 130 pitches. Eight and two-thirds innings. He's going to leave with a 10-hitter, basically. Walked only two. He allows the four runs all earned. He struck out six. Officially, 132 pitches, we're told, for Catfish Hunter. And it is Raleigh Fingers coming on to face Deion Sanders. That's how this game is going to end up here. You've got the, the tying man at first base. And Deion Sanders has already had the, the big game here. He's had a two-run home run RBI single. But it's going to be the great Hall of Famer, Raleigh Fingers. And it's appropriate that he's facing a team from 1992 because it's during the summer of 92 that he went to the Hall of Fame. 341 saves made him the second-ever reliever picked for enshrinement in Cooperstown. Steubenville, Ohio native, and his dad, who had played minor league ball for the Cardinals, roomed with Stan Musial, actually, worked in a Steubenville steel mill. And the story is one day George Fingers came home from work all fed up, said, that's it, we're moving to California. His father sold the house for $1,500, bought a car, took the family to Cucamonga, and they couldn't afford hotels. They slept in sleeping bags beside the highway when they got to California. And George Fingers, after all that, eventually went back to work in another steel mill. But Raleigh Fingers got settled, started playing ball. Here he is facing Deion Sanders. It is a 6-4 lead here for the 74 Oakland A's. And it's Fingers against Sanders with a tying man at first. And the first pitch on the way poured right in for a strike. It's nothing in one. In this 74 season, nine wins, 18 saves, and close to 120 innings for Fingers. Only five home runs allowed, by the way. Sanders, left-hand batter ready. Runners take their leads. And the pitch from Fingers, it's low. It's one and one. Outfield straight up. North, Jackson, Rudy out there. And Raleigh Fingers... Looking in, well, that mustache is the first thing you see. And that hat very deep down on his head. He's now set. So is Deion Sanders. Here's the 1-1. Swing, bouncing ball, second base should do it. Dick Green's got it. Lob toss to first ball game. That is it. In game one of our tournament here, it is a 6-4 win for the 74 Oakland A's preserved by Raleigh Fingers. Deion Sanders had a huge game, but just couldn't come up big when the Braves needed him to. Otis Nixon, probably the man of the match for the Braves, four for five, had a couple runs scored. But Blouser, Bream, and Gant, the 5-6-7 part of the order, they were 0 for 12. And that certainly didn't help. Stanton is a losing pitcher. Hunter is the winning pitcher. And Gene Tennis with the two home runs, three runs batted in. He's probably the star of the game on the Oakland side. But don't forget Dick Green, little guy with a two-for-three ball game and a home run thrown in there as well. 
This is Josh Lewin. Hope you enjoyed it. There's going to be many more of these to come. Please subscribe, download them all, and tell your friends, tell your enemies that we're doing this. Again, the next game coming up, it'll be the 77 Dodgers hosting the 96 New York Yankees. Thank you for joining. This is the Throwback League.